Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives, and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Xvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. Create one-on-ones your reps will thank you for, and use Xvoyant to help your sales managers create unique plans for every rep on your team. Xvoyant is here to help at this time of crisis. We've put together a sales leadership seminar for sales leadership teams of all shapes and sizes. The current sales leadership crisis will far outlive this COVID crisis we're all facing. And after working with literally hundreds of sales leaders around the world, I've found four levers the most successful sales leaders are adjusting to effectively navigate the storm facing us all right now. This is a one-hour interactive presentation for your sales leaders conducted by me. This seminar is supported by a workbook with key activities you can conduct with your sales leaders as well as a private website with videos to help you implement each of of these levers in a way that will help you create as much influence with your team as you possibly can. We offer this free for all sales leaders. There are no strings, no asks, and nothing but an experience that will motivate and inspire members of your sales leadership team. To schedule your private seminar with your team, hit me up today. Now. Get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we've got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we are having a long overdue guest, a very good friend of mine that pretty much needs no introduction in the world of sales, Morgan J. Ingram of Jay Barrels Consulting joins us and we are gonna have what I believe is a very timely conversation. Morgan is helping the most successful sales teams in the world have success in every part of, of sales. We're gonna really emphasize prospecting a little bit today, but I'm sure we'll talk about all of it. And as the Director of Sales Execution and Evolution at Jay Barrels Consulting, Morgan has this awesome opportunity to help sales orgs get into high growth mode and more importantly to me, stay there even if the world around us gets flipped upside down and inside out like it is right now. Morgan is also a practitioner. One of the things I love about what Morgan does is he teaches salespeople and sales leaders things that he is actively doing himself. You know, what he will talk about is something that he did today or yesterday or is going to do again when he gets off the phone again today. You know, he's not an armchair quarterback talking about how things used to be. Morgan is going to share what is and is not working and how leaders can help their teams win more today. He's one of the very best in the world at what he does. I'm fired up to have him with us. So today, we're going to talk about how you start playing more offense without being offensive. I'm so glad to have my man Morgan join us and have this conversation I think will be super important. Morgan, my man, how you doing? And welcome to the show. Man, that, that intro was fire. We're here. <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited. Again, this is long overdue. And yeah, I'm really excited for this conversation. Okay, man, we've been buddies for a long time. I'm embarrassed that you haven't joined the show, but I think now I know why. There's never been a better time to have you join us. The world has a couple of things going on that we're going to address today, right? And, uh, and, and I, I, for those of us that may not know you, maybe they're new to sales. That'd be the only reason I could think of is if they're <laughs> new to sales. Uh, can you just introduce yourself at a high level of what you do for Jay Barrows Consulting? 
Yeah, so what I do is being the director of sales execution evolution is on the day-to-day -day doing the prospecting, doing the selling to make sure that we can evolve our training and also our organization. So I go out and I specialize in prospecting where I train SDRs, AEs, full sales cycle reps globally on how to prospect through the noise so they can schedule net new meetings and also referrals and existing clients as well. And so, I, yeah, I've been doing this for the past three years and it's been a very an exciting journey and I've learned a lot. And again, I'm just super excited to share a couple of things that I'm doing right now and things that I've learned throughout this journey. Yeah, I want to dive into that. And, you know, for our listeners, we got thousands of listeners around the world that are diving in and listening to you. And they know John. John's a friend of the show. He's been on two, maybe three times. John's been on more. Yeah. It's him and Max Altschuler, the two that have been the most, okay? And so uh, they are familiar with York, and they're going to be excited to hear what you have to say. But that's what I want to start with. You know, what led you to sales, Morgan? I still haven't met the person that said, when I grow up, I want to be in sales. Now, I know you're trying to help fix that, right? You're trying to help fix that. Yeah. <laughs> trying to help it. Trying to help it. Yeah, I was not that person at all. I thought sales was slimy. I was like, no way. I don't want to lie. Like, that was just not me. Right. And I wanted to be a sports agent. So I saw Jerry Maguire show me the money. And I was like, yo, I'm all about this. This is where I want to go. <laughs> so... Being the sports fan that I am, I went to University of Georgia where I graduated with finance and sports management degree. They wow. told me that was going to be the closest thing that I was going to get to getting to be a sports agent. So as I got to the end of my senior year, they told me something that they should have told me like earlier on was I had to go to law school. And then I looked at the law school bill and I was like, that's not happening. My parents said, that's yeah, it's not happening. So you got to go find something different. And so from that Entire conversation, I realized I got to go figure out what I want to go do. I went into public speaking for a little bit. I went to high schools and middle schools, and I, and I spoke to kids. And then at that point, I had to figure out, okay, this isn't going to cut it moving forward. So then I found a sales role, which was an SDR role, that I had no idea what it was about. However, I decided, let me learn this role. Let me get after it. And that's what got me into sales. So I, I fell into it. I had no desire to be there in the beginning. However, I fell in love with the art of prospecting and the science of it, and that's why I teach train it and still do it today so i want to add one thing to your story because you're a humble dude that's one of the things i like about you i want to ring your bell just a little bit man and <laughs> and uh uh for our, for our listeners one of the things that i get asked a lot because i speak a lot i give away a lot of what i do for free i just tell people what it is because i know that very few people actually go execute on it you know yep. what i'm saying and one of the things I love is that when I first met you, you were at that company that you were talking about as an SDR and you'd heard, you know, good ideas. Someone should be chronicling or, or documenting what it's like to be an SDR. Nobody was doing that yet. And uh, you got that advice and you freaking did it, man. And you started to show the SDR Chronicles and that got a lot of attention and started building your brand and that yeah. helped you as an SDR and frankly helped John kind of be aware of who you were as well. And one of the things I want to give you credit for is you're not a guy who talks. You're a dude that leads towards action, Morgan. And that's why I love you so much. Besides being a great guy and being great at what you do, I love that you're not a talker. You're a freaking doer. And that's one of the reasons I want you on the show so bad. So, Yeah, and this is for everyone. This is a statement that I've been saying for the past two weeks is be an action leader, not a thought leader. Mm. Mm. Anybody right, can put down. a post out there. Anybody can do a video not a lot of people are willing to take action and try out new things. A lot of people are hesitant. They're afraid. They don't have the data around it, right? From a leadership perspective, 
I know, hey, look, let's take action on it. Let's, let's try it out. If it works, let's keep doing it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And I've always leaned on that as part of what I've done. So you know, when someone says, oh, thought I, like, I don't care about that term. All I care about is action leader. Am I taking action and am I leading other people to do the same thing? So good, dude. So good. Yeah, I, I like that. I've always felt that the time between idea and execution is the biggest indicator on how much success you're going to have. Absolutely. And so, all right, so that's, that's it. You know, that's Morgan. We're ready to go. Let's get into it, man. Um, you know, this is what you do. You've got a class called filling the funnel. I, I, I love, you know, plugging that for you guys. Filling the funnel is if you haven't taken it, you really need to. There's a couple ways you guys have just launched it on demand. You yep. can do it that way. You can hire Morgan to come in and teach your whole team if that's what you want to do. If you haven't looked at filling the funnel, you should do it. But I want to start this conversation by saying I think prospecting is the most important skill right now. Not right now, always for a salesperson. If you can't close something if you can't find it. And if you're dependent on someone else to find something for you, I'm going to argue you really aren't a complete salesperson. And so I want to start with that. You know, we, we have to sell Morgan. It's our job to sell. We have to fund the companies that we work for. It's not good enough to just work hard. We, we have to fund those companies. So right now there's a couple of things that are big. We got a pandemic going on and people are scared about getting sick. Maybe they've already had people who are sick. It's made it so business has changed a little bit. Some people have lost jobs. Others are afraid of losing jobs. And now we've got all this other racial uh, stuff happening that's very real and very important as well. How do you play offense right now with all this shit going on without being offensive? Yeah, no, I, no, I, lo I love that turn, right? It's been, uh, <laughs> playing offense and not being offensive. So there's one Is that a relevant topic right now? It's very relevant because a lot of people are feeling like they just need to take a step back or wait or things of that nature. However, you still can do prospecting in the right way. And we're going to talk about a couple of things that you can do that right now as a leader, you're on this call and you're looking for innovative ways for your team to prospect. I'm going to share that with you. But also before I even do that, I want to go back to a point that Rob just said, which is prospecting and why that's so important. So there's a study out there every single year that comes out from HubSpot and they always list like the number top three things that sales reps struggle with. The number one every single year is prospecting. Hmm. Every year it's prospecting. So if you feel like you're too good for prospecting, you don't want to do it, I would highly consider you to change that tone because especially right now, you need to have a pipeline. And what I tell people is pipeline is your lifeline. If you're not building it, you're in trouble. So let's figure out how to execute that. If you're a rep listing in, if you're a leader listing in, you got to figure out how you can consistently do this because if you don't have pipeline, you can't close air. So you've got to figure this out. So one way to do it is video. Now I talk a lot about video right now, and I'm going to tell you why video is important. I've been doing video selling for the past four years. And what I found with video to be successful is that you can engage the buyer in a different way and you can make their experience more fun and unique. Right? So a lot of people are hesitant right now because they don't want to bother people. However, if you send a person a video, they're, able, they're going to be able to relate to you. You're going to be more human. And well, also, I like that. So I'm going to interrupt you. I'm pushing pause. Yeah, don't yeah, lose your track. Pushing. I'm pushing pause. I'm good. I'm good. So Morgan, you were video before video was cool. Okay. So, yeah. and that's important to point out. You, I love what you said. For four years, you've been doing this. Mm -hmm. And you're not just talking about using video to get on a Zoom call. You're talking about sending people a, a very personalized message. Is that, am I, am I interpreting yep. that the right way? You got it. You got it the right way. Yeah. So I want to make sure that we pause on that for a little bit because I don't want people to like glaze over and say, well, I'm using Zoom. 
we'll get there. That's not, that's not what you're <laughs> even talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. You were doing this before video. Like when you say video, you're talking about trying to get people's attention differently. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Can, can you talk about why you chose four years ago to be doing that? Yeah, because I knew that emails and calls, people are already doing those. So I'm going to still do them. However, I wanted to interrupt people's pattern. So a pattern interrupt. And essentially what that is at the end of the day is we as humans all have patterns that we fall into and that we do. And then when we see something that we're not used to or we haven't watched before, we're more willing to check it out because it interrupts our normal pattern as a human. And the brain just gravitates towards things that they haven't seen before. So do you get feedback on that? Do people tell you, wow, people haven't done that to me? Yeah. That's why I asked because you started four years ago. Four years later, are you still having people say, wow, this video prospecting thing, that's new. And you're yep. like, not that new, man. It's not. It's not. <laughs> but the thing is, people still aren't doing it. And there's like, yeah, I only get one or two of those, right? And, you know, some people in here might be thinking, okay, like, what about my persona and region? And, like, those things do come into play. However, it's still a human-to-human interaction. And, again, most people are not even getting these across the board. Yeah, I think about how much I get prospected to. I get prospected to all the time, uh, Morgan. You probably do too. People are trying to sell stuff to me all the time. Mm. And I don't get video prospecting. I don't. I can tell you we are doing that now, and we're finding that uh, the connect rates, the open rates, the, the first meeting rates are much higher when we do. Yep. Are you seeing the same thing? I'm seeing the same thing, and sales cycles have shortened. Wow. When I've sent a video because it gets them more engaged in the beginning as well. So I found that to be very interesting. So when I was in SDR and I worked with my AEs, we found that the, when we sent a video, our, we had more closes off the first meetings off a of video and our sales cycles were shorter. So I found that to be interesting as well. Do you have a favorite video tool you like to use? I mean, I don't know if you want to name names if you don't. There's so, me. I mean, there's, there's yeah. so many, right? There's Vidyard, there's Drift, there's BombBomb, right? I, I, I love Drift. And the reason I love Drift Video is because you can have a conversation with someone while they watch the video. Oh, wow. That to me is very unique. I've liked BombBomb. I've, I've started using Vidyard. I haven't used Drift. So that's, that's, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Any best practices on what makes for a good video? Because I'm sure there's good, just like there's good and bad emails, there's going to be good and bad videos, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> these are, so let, let's take a step back, right? So we, we were thinking about, okay, what are different ways you can go about it, right? It's videos one, right? Social selling, LinkedIn prospecting is one. You can use LinkedIn videos. That's a channel that, again, you can use to break through the noise. Again, I'm giving you all different things you can think about as leaders here. But the best way to think about video is think about it as a movie trailer, Rob. Ah. So I've been doing research on this for the past month on what make movie trailers successful. I've watched them myself and I found that the most successful movie trailers around 90 seconds. And so when someone is going to watch a video from you, they don't know you, or this is a re-engagement with a client or you're looking to close or whatever that is less than 90 seconds lead to a higher reply rate. And so when you think about from a prospect perspective, you're sending that video to the prospect, right? And we're trying to get a meeting here. If you think about it as a movie trailer, you're going to see yourself with more responses. And then I'll, I'll add on to this and there's a formula, right? So this is a formula that I share with everyone. This is universal. So if you're tuning in from Europe, from 
Asia, right? From Canada. It does Love not it. matter. Like this works. All right. So if you follow this, you'll see success. So all I call it is the 10, 30, 10. All right. So super simple to remember. I, I think I talk about is the formulas and it's 10, 30, 10. So in the first 10 seconds, my goal is to get your attention. If I can't get your attention to pay attention to my value prop and my call to action, which is the later part of this formula, it doesn't matter. Right. So how do you get someone's attention? Well, maybe you saw something on the website, their LinkedIn profile, even what does, what do CEOs go through? What are a VP of finance is going through? So this goes back to what should you be doing right now from a prospect perspective? You should be talking to your customers so they can tell you what's going on. These are their problems. This is what they're trying to accomplish in this current climate, right? Cause it's probably different now than what it was pre COVID. Right? So now that you know what those are in the first 10 seconds, you want to make sure when you do your video that you say the reason for my video is. So if I was talking to Rob, I'd be like, hi, Rob, the reason for my video is, and then I'll go into whatever my reasons or my trigger was. So similar to emailing then. Yeah. It's similar to emailing, because if you don't state what the reason is, you, Rob, will be like, all right, why are you sending me a video? There's yeah. no reason here. What the hell? What are we doing here? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then if I don't say it, then I'm not confident. Yeah. So when I say the reason for my video is, your inflection goes up, your confidence goes up. Got it. I love it. Then, okay, so now we got 30 seconds, right? So now, Rob, you've leaned in. You're like, all right, what, is this, what does this person have for me? Then that's where the value prop comes into play. Now, the value prop is the same thing that you would say on a cold call, right? Or you put in your email. So that is, can easily be done. Now, how you build value props is based off what does your persona care about, right? So do some reverse engineering to figure out what do these people care about? What are their problems? And that's how you create a value prop. For those of you who are wondering, how do you create one? For those of you who already have it, in your cold calls and emails, now you just insert it in that video. Can I ask a question on that, Morgan? Yeah, go ahead. Back to the world that there's going to be good ones. There's going to be good value props and shitty value props. In fact, I'm going to guess that most of the time when you role play this with your, with your clients, you're going to see probably the first three or four iterations probably be not being that great. But by the time you get to iteration four or five, it's probably getting better. Yep. Is there like any anatomy in a good value prop that you could say, hey, here's one or two things you really want to make sure you do it? Or, and then on the flip side, here's one or two mistakes that I see people make. I would say, let's talk about mistakes. So I see okay. what mistakes people make is they're too long-winded. Oh, okay. They're saying way too much. Like, Pretty baby syndrome about their product. Yeah. First of all, I don't know you. So why are you telling me all this stuff? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, like it's just yeah. going over your head, right? And then right. two it's an autobiography is the value prop. We were founded in 1994. And this is what uh, I like, I don't like What the heck? Like, <laughs> no, I don't care about all that stuff. So those are two mistakes that happen, right? It's all about you. It's not about them. So how do you make great ones? It's all about them. It's one or two sentences in terms of length. Cause you're talking through a video. It's going to be less than 20, 25 seconds, right? Normally. So, but in the video, it's less than 30 seconds here, right? On the phone, you normally will be less like 20 seconds, but if we're talking about video, you want it to be less than 30 seconds. And you want to make sure that it's predicated towards the persona and the problems that they're going through or the priorities they're trying to accomplish or a trigger that you found. So, so you want them to feel like this person gets me. Not they got something for me. Yeah. They don't got something for me. They get me. Just get me. Yeah. Like it. It's good. It's going to be crisp. And then, yeah, so that is a phrase out there uh, that I learned from my mentor when I first started, which is be brief, be brilliant, be gone. Ooh, the th triple B. 
Right. So if you're going to create a value prop, you need to be brief. You need to be brilliant enough. That makes you be like, I want to take a meeting, but also you want to be gone. Cause you, again, you don't want to say too much. I don't care about your history. I don't care what you don't say. I don't Good. care about what you've done. Like, tell us what, how you can help me. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I love it. This is good. What's the last 10 seconds, man? Last 10 seconds is a call to action, right? So we have to get them to move and do something. Now with the call to action, what we have found is that the collaborative call to action leads to more engagement. And I'm going to explain what that here in a minute. So with gong.io, they put out a blog post, I think last week, and it was about interest call to actions have the highest engagement. So I call them collaborative call to actions. And what that means at the end of the day is asking the prospect, are you open to learning more? Or are you interested in a deeper dialogue? Or is this something that's currently on your radar? Are you interested? Or does this now align with your priorities? So these are different call to actions you can have that are frictionless. They're not as aggressive and it gets people to open up to you a little bit more. What was the one that was more dialogue? I've written down the first couple because- Oh yeah, are you interested in a deeper dialogue? Are you interested? Yeah, Which is different than can we talk in depth? That's more, you know, I'm looking at the, the yeah. phraseology is a big deal because you're right. One it's seems huge. aggressive. The other is exploratory, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, hey, based on what I said here, are you open to learning more? You can be like, yeah. Or you're going to be like, no, like, are we already have a lot of stuff going on. Cool. How important is it to practice this stuff? Huge. I mean, should, what should leaders be doing to help people send these kinds of videos? So it's just like with anything, right? Let's go back to base. Let's go to baseball, right? You know, I love baseball. Yeah, man. let's go to baseball. I know, I know. So let's go to baseball, right? We had, we had a couple other things we want to talk about, but let's yeah. talk about baseball here. So when I think about baseball and me playing baseball is you can't just show up to the plate and hope that you're going to hit a home run or hope that you're going to hit it out to the outfield and hope that you're going to hit a 95 mile per hour fastball. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. The only way that you're going to be able to do that is to go to the batting cage okay. and do your hits and do your reps. And whether, depending on how good you want to be, maybe that's weekly, maybe that's daily, but you have to be doing that. And so it's the same with video. Do an hour block, 45 minute block, make five videos a day. That's not hard to do five mm -hmm. videos a day, right? So if you do five videos a day, let's do the math, right? That's 25 videos a week. That's 100 videos a month. That's 1,200 videos for a year. Wow. By doing just five a day. Should leaders, when we're getting started on this, have their reps shoot them a video and have them check it out with them first? Or is that micromanagement? Any thoughts around collaborating while you're learning? Yeah, I don't think that's micromanagement. I think another good way you could do it is have the reps and videos to each other. And okay. critique that as well. So you don't feel overwhelmed as a leader, have the reps practice each other to get the flow going. That's what we did as a team when I was a manager. But yeah, if you were like, Hey, I want to see everyone's video, have them send over a mock video to you and then you can watch it and give your critique as well as part of your one-on-ones. Should you celebrate? Like, should you, like, if you're going to get good at video and I think, I think if getting good at video is a non-negotiable. I, I personally think that that's, if you want to stand out, if you want to get attention, you got to get good at video. It's not like, yeah. Give it a shot. No, get, get good at video, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, should you and your team meetings like celebrate and showcase the best videos and break them down? So let me show you why this one 
this one was good. Yes, so because good. that will lead more people to doing it, right? When, when things are celebrated, when you share the wins, people will be excited. I mean, as a leader, you can create a Slack channel and be like video wins. You know, mm, people put their video like wins that. in a Slack channel, right? So there are ways that you can start accelerating this because no one gets excited about things unless it's being promoted or celebrated. So celebrate those wins, share it with the organization so people lean more into it. And Rob's point is, is spot on because think about it this way. Like we are in a virtual selling world now more than ever due to the virus. And we, we are going to be in this more, more people are going to be working from home, right? Some people are not even asked to come back. So the better that you can be on zoom video, the better, because it's going to translate to the video selling that you're doing anyways. So you want to be good at video. You gotta be good. Yeah. So I love it. So that's, that's one way of using this for, is for sending messages. Now I want to, I want to talk about sending videos to people. It's not just prospecting. I mean, is this a good way to do follow up after a discovery call? Is this a good way to like follow up and do things in between? What's your experience with that? Yeah. So there's five ways that you could leverage video. So one is prospecting. Okay. That's what most people know it for. However, there's other ways to think about this. Two is referrals. Oh, I like that. Rob, how many sales reps don't do referrals? Hey, now if you remember, we won the UK USA because I was asked that question about referrals, if you right. remember that. I do, that's what I'm and, saying. How many people don't No one does. The question that we won on was how many of the top reps ask for referrals? And my answer was it was more than a third, if you remember, because people were yep. giving me shit, said Rob, turn it into a percentage. Because yeah. I knew that most don't. Top reps do. And the answer was 40% of the top reps do, but exactly. the rest don't. It's like they less than 5%. It. They don't do it. Right. So take it up a notch and do a video to the prospect. And that's me. Some of you may be like, Oh, that's, that's a lot. However, that's going to connect. That's going to get people to respond to you and actually do the referral, right? Love Asking it. for the referral and then doing it is completely different things. And then what I normally do is add a tip here is leaders. You can share this, go on LinkedIn, right? Look at mutual connections. And then I pull out two connections from that person and say, Hey, you're mutually connected to these two people. Like, do you want to, can you refer me? Like, do you know them? That's the first question. Do you actually know them? Do you know them and can you refer? And the thing is, is like, if they're not, then they at least did the effort to show those two people. And then they'll give me those other two people. So two is referral. Three is re-engage. So if someone's like reached out in four or five months, instead of doing what we all hate and John hates the most, touching base and checking in. Oh my God. Like, like, it's like (laughs) touching base and checking in. That's not going to get you a lot of responses. And most people are going to do what we just did here, which is we eye rolled. So if you come with the video though and said, Hey, I was doing some more research on your company and I found out a couple of things that was, that was insightful. Would it be open to a conversation or do I still need to wait? And either the people are going to be like, yes, I am interested. Let's talk or Hey, wait. Love it. What's four? That's three, right? So yeah, we got one four? prospecting. We got two referrals. We got three engaged. Four is objection handling. So when you have an objection via email, you could write out a long based email. <laughs> you could ask them to get on a call, which no actually what I do is like, hey, can we hop on a call to discuss this? But if they don't want that, then send them a video. Mm. Hey, saw your objection on. You weren't interested here, and you want to push back for two months. It based on, again, this comes back to discovery, based on my discovery, these are a couple of things that we talked about. And you said your timeline was to execute on this. You can also use 
Rob's dollarize, right? This is, you could use, think about it. You can use the dollarize <laughs> here with your video. Hey, you told me that if we don't make this decision, it's going to cost you this much. So why are we pushing this out for two months? Now you could say that via email, but what you will miss on that is voice and tone, body language and human interaction. So by doing it with the video, it's going to convert more opportunities. And I've closed a lot of deals by just hopping on video so to, to answer those questions. And they're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Morgan, you're good, dude. Give me the last one. Hit me, baby. The last one is proposals. This is my favorite like, one. This is like dirty talk because I'll tell you as a, as a, as a sales coach, I have created a class on the, on delivering proposals. I have not created a class on creating proposals where people screw up proposals is in the delivery of them. Yep. It's a massive problem. Huge problem. And so this does two things for you. One is it makes your champion look awesome. And two, mm. it allows you to get to power when they're not letting you get to the power. Which happens all the time. All the time. So one of the, one of the big logo that we had up closing was because I used this technique. So okay. they, we couldn't get the power. They didn't want to meet with us, but I had all the managers and enablement and the directors like they wanted to do this, but the CISO or the chief sales officer was all over the place and they just would not meet. So I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. So I wrote out a mock proposal of, Hey, this is what we've covered with everyone so far. And then I sent it to enablement, the director and the managers. He'd be like, can you please review this proposal to make sure it's aligned with what we've talked about so far? Is this accurate? Then they said, hey, Morgan, this is accurate. And then what I did, which was they didn't know it was coming, is I created a video that talked about the proposal. So good. And so think about it this way, right? When you say <clears throat> let's meet, right? People hate meetings. Right. They think it's just wasting their time. So normally they're 30, 45, 60 minute meetings. So if I could create a video, normally the video proposal is around five to 10 minutes, depending on how detailed I need to go. So that just saved that person 20 minutes of time. Nice. And instead of me meeting with the executive, I'm doing a virtual meeting. I'm just saying, hey, here's the video. And what it does is it's a me on video and I'm explaining all the major points that we have discussed so far. And also I'm highlighting like, Hey, we had a great conversation with David. He's been awesome to work with. This is an organization. You have a great employee here. And then I'm like, Hey, Sarah, here's what I want to talk to you about. And then that video proposal is then me laying out all the different things that matter to that individual based on what we've talked about for their organization and what they're trying to accomplish. So <clears throat> I got one more question on video. <clears throat> Sorry, Morgan. I need to get a drink. No, you're good. You're good. I got one more question on video, but before I get to it, everything you're talking about sounds highly personalized. Video gives you a chance to have a highly personalized message. I mean, are templates dead? I mean, how important is, like you've talked about research, you've talked about finding new angles. You know, yes. Any thoughts on that right now? Research. Well, so <clears throat> research is important. Personalization is important. Templates are not dead. Okay. I'm glad I asked because I want, this is, I think a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are going to walk away and be like, man, I have to get a studio. I need to get lighting. I get right. a camera and like, no guys, it's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Yes. Everything I've talked about before that is personalized because in this environment, you have to lead with tactical empathy, not fake empathy. Right. So that's just from Chris Voss. Right. So that I'm guy. Being, I'm being Say it very, again. Say it again. That's too big. That's a big <laughs> deal, dude. It is. So 
tactical empathy versus fake empathy. Fake empathy is saying, I hope everything is well. Hope you're safe. Yo, get, the, get out of there with that. Yeah. Tactical empathy is showing that I have done my research and I know about you as a persona. Now, I know about you as a persona. You can create template videos based on objections you're getting. So if you're getting, hey, reach back out in six months, I'm not interested, or we use this product, you can create videos that already are a response to that. But hey, they're easy, right? Hey, thanks for your response here on that. And then you could send a template video as well. So I want to underscore what you just said, Morgan, for our leaders that are listening. So <clears throat> God, I don't know what happened all of a sudden. Um, <clears throat> what Morgan just said is fake empathy versus tactical empathy. Fake empathy is pretending that I know you. <clears throat> okay, that's what you're pretending is that I know you. I see a lot of this. Rob, I trust everything's well with you and your family and you're staying healthy. Period. Hard turn to the left. Now let me sell something to you. Okay. What you're saying is I know you as a persona. That's a big difference. That's a big deal. You're okay to say, I understand you as a persona. There's a reason I'm working, I'm reaching out to you is because I understand you as a persona. Maybe I've done your job. Maybe I've sat in your chair. Maybe I work with people just like you. I'm talking to them all the time. And because of those things, I have reason to believe I get you as a persona. Don't pretend that I know you and be fake about it because that's a death wish right now. True Absolutely. or false? Okay. It's a death wish, true. Absolutely. You don't want that. So I think it's a big deal. I'm glad you said that, Morgan. I haven't heard it said that way. I know you as a persona. That is a big differentiator, I think. So. Yeah, and, and, you can, and you can use templates on that. So it's not okay. always you have to do it in that way, in a personalized way. We're starting to run low. I have that one question. Then we have one more topic I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, you've talked about using video for you making videos as a prospecting tool, as a following up tool, as a reactivation tool, all these different, those five things are, that's badass, dude. Good work. I like that. Um, what about like interactive video? Any quick pointers? Because now we're not having eyeball to eyeball meetings as much. And, yeah. you know, we're not even on the phone maybe as much. People are doing Zoom calls, et cetera. Any best practices on using video when you're actually engaging with someone? So like in a sales cycle? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the best way to do it is normally if you have a recap. So let's hmm. say that you like, I, I, this just happened yesterday. So okay. I had a call with someone and they were like, yeah, this is great. You know, I want to connect with, connect you with us, with our colleague. Right. And so what I did is I sent the colleague a video and I said, Hey, I just got off the phone with so-and-so and it looks like we're going to have a conversation next week. So I just want to send a video so that week I can introduce myself. And that person responded back today and they're like, awesome. Looking forward to the conversation. Thanks for introducing yourself before we get there. Now that's, that's key because one thing that I've realized in decision criteria, when I ask people is they want an engaging sales process, right? So it's the little things that you do that can get you to close a deal. Rob, the other day I closed a deal because I was the only sales trainer that asked for next steps while I was on the call. Mm. It's good. That's the reason why I won. The, that's the one of the reasons why I won the deal. They're like, Hey, all the other sales trainers didn't ask for next steps while we were on the call and you did it. Dude. I love it. Like the small thing. So like by sending a video to someone in the process, it gets them excited to be like, Oh, this person sent me a video. Like I'm looking forward to connecting with this person, which is a leg up on everyone else. So it's not about just connecting with people that you've had conversations with. It's connecting with the other people that you're about to have conversations with. So they're excited to get on the call. Then all the other calls they have that week. 
So I got a couple other real quick ones before we share. I just, I'm sorry, man. I just love this conversation. I could talk to you all day. Yeah, this is so <laughs> Absolutely, good. Yeah. You're going to be, we're, we're going to have you back here in a couple months. Um, what about when you get on a Zoom call and someone doesn't turn their camera on? Roll with it. Talk about it. What do you do? I roll with it every time. I never address it. Tell me why. Because I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. Good. Also, at the same time, there could be something happening in the background where maybe they don't want to put on their video. Maybe they have a bad hair day. I don't know. So like, I don't really want to call people out. So I, I come on with video and then it's interesting because sometimes if I'm talking to someone continuously, they will put on their video on the second or third call because they know I'm coming with video. So I don't even say anything. I just come with video and then everyone else just comes with video for the most part. Because at the end of the day, the customer is getting the benefit of the video with you. So they're still getting benefit from it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a common question. What do you do <clears throat> on that? So I, I I was interested on your take there. Anything yeah. else like you know I, I'm trying. I'm still sucky at it. You know what about like where you look? Is that a big deal or not that big a deal? So I mean, looking in the camera like that yeah. that's the big thing, right? Making sure you're doing there. This is this is big though that people miss out on is make sure that you smile at the beginning of your video. Oh, this is key because a lot of people frown. They look upset. You know, they look like, they look up, they look like Snape from Harry Potter. And it's like, yo, that's just not going to get you a meeting. Like look like an approachable person. Right. Um, this all comes back from a book that I read, which is called Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. And it talks about how people perceive us in a certain light based on our facial expressions. So if you look like you're upset, frowny, then that means that that person subconsciously is like, I'm going to have a very sad and frowny sales experience. So come with a smile so that they're like, this is going to be a good conversation I'm going to have. And I'm going to have a good experience with this sales rep. All right, let's get off this. This was good. Is there, before we get off of video, is there any final thoughts or you think you hit the stuff you wanted to talk about today as it relates to video? I mean, we hit everything. I think the biggest thing that I want to say to everyone is that this is new territory. And again, this is something to just try out. I'm not saying this is a silver bullet. I'm not saying this is magic formula. However, I do encourage you to do it because it's something different. It's going to make you stand out. And whether you're in a different region, you're in a persona, it's just another arrow in the quiver that you can use in your sales process. And I will underscore that, Morgan, and say there are new first mover advantages to be had. And if yep. you as a leader can help your reps have a first mover advantage <clears throat> or become more skilled at it, or, or do those types of things, you're doing your job as a leader. And, and, and that's why I think what you're, you're spot on, Morgan. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's shift gears. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I have a lot of leaders that I talk to and, and myself being one with, with the racial challenges that are happening. A lot of people wonder what's the best way to be supportive. How do we talk about it? How do we help? How do we be supportive? You know, you're, you're in a spot where you get people asking you that a lot. And so can you give some best practices to leaders for, what are some things maybe that would be really good to do as a leader to help be supportive as people go through a time that's really unlike anything we've seen? Yeah, this whole year, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for the zombies and the aliens to come, Rob. So yeah. I'm just, I'm prepping for them at this point. <laughs> so yeah. what, I, what I will say is there's a couple things that everyone can consider here as leaders. First of all, it's an uncomfortable conversation. And it's not something that you're having every single day. Right. However, it's now on the forefront. And if you want this to be something that is talked about in your organizations and you want to be a part of 
the movement of helping people of, of color and especially the African American community. One thing, one thing I would suggest is don't ask anybody who's African American how they're doing. And I want it on the record that I did not ask you that. You didn't ask me. You didn't ask me. <laughs> you asked me, are you tired of everyone asking yeah. how you're doing, right? Like, and I, when I was like, yes, I'm sick of it. So the, the thing is, is that, and I want to break this down for you all, is if you see someone on the side of the road and they're bleeding out, do you ask them how they're doing? So good, Morgan. You would never ask someone, oh, how are you doing? And they're bleeding on the floor? No. You ask them, how can I help and how can I support? So everyone, if, if you are a leader and you have African-Americans in your organization, I don't care if they're on your sales team or not on your sales team, it's asking them, how can I support and help you during this time? They will be willing to give you those answers. Now, and be, let's talk about being proactive. Two is start having a book club around books that talk about these things. One book I, I would love to start seeing more companies or sales teams talk about is White fragile uh fragile i think it's white fragile i think I, I'm, I'm probably saying that saying that wrong but i think it's white fra fragility again i might be saying that completely wrong there but that book is a great book and a resource that you can use for your team and proactively get people to start educating themselves as well three i would also recommend them to start watching different netflix stuff i know that there's a ton of stuff that's out there right that you can go watch 13 is one and i know rob suggested for me to go watch one as well you know that that's on the on the docket for me to watch it was, was um no i want to say it here it's it's the yeah. movie just mercy and just, yeah, and, it, and 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 warner brothers who owns it has made it free for people to stream this month so i i, I want to interrupt you and i want to tell all of our listeners like literally yeah, right. we, we, our podcast is i'm so grateful to our, our listeners because we have thousands that morgan we got people in 52 countries listening to the show now yeah, and um awesome. and so we should all watch that show because it's a true story. It, it's shocking what happened. It's shocking how the, the people that were the leaders in that community were allowed to be leaders until 2019. When you watch the end of that, the end is shocking. And so I remember I watched that with my children and then we went to sushi and we had a conversation that I would have never had otherwise. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, watch, you know, just mercy. It's free. Yeah, that's a homework assignment. I want to hear from all of you what you Absolutely. thought when it's done. <laughs> you got a homework assignment now. And so those are, those are three things you can do. And I would also say one ad thing as well is this might not be in everyone's control, but talk to your executive leadership about getting a chief diversity officer. This Ooh. moving forward should be in every organization. If you're serious about diversity, you should have a chief diversity officer right at the end of the day so that should be a part of it and i'll give you all a formula i'm a huge on formulas as you already have heard yeah, throughout this entire it. episode right so yep. if you if you want to empower this movement and you want to be a part of it you want to help these things you need to do first and foremost listen and what i mean by listening is just listening to people in the african community and, and asking questions and listening second is educate yourself Right. We just, you just got a homework assignment to educate yourself. Yes. And then three is take action on something that is uncomfortable. Ooh, so I like that. something that's uncomfortable is asking an African-American, how can I help or support? That's an uncomfortable ask. If you are trying to be proactive, it might not happen right now, but if you're trying to be proactive in recruiting more African-Americans, go to a HBCU, right? Go to a high school that has 
90% African Americans, uh, something that would be highly uncomfortable for most, right? So it's not about just taking action. It's about taking uncomfortable action because that's mm. where we see true growth. So it's about really, again, being an action leader instead of a thought leader. Morgan, I really appreciate you making what might be uncomfortable, com more comfortable for people. You sharing yeah. this with these people that are listening right now. We'll have some people saying, yes, Morgan, more of that. We'll have other people that are saying, wow, thank you for helping me. I I'll do that. Yeah. And I want to just say, do something, right? I mean, do something. I, uh, I think we all need to do something. Uh, yep. I guess that's what I, my position is on that. We, we got to do something. I don't, I don't want us to stand on the sidelines and just see if this too shall pass. Let's do something, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, I didn't prepare you for this, but I finish every episode the same way, Morgan. So this is going to be Morgan J. In Ingram unplugged, okay? With no preparation. I asked three questions in a rapid fire. They're the same three to every guest, okay? Yes, okay, I'm here. Okay, number one. Biggest sales leadership challenge you see and how do you beat it? The biggest sales leadership challenge that I see is that managers are not being coaches and Ooh. they only are managing. So if you are a leader, help your man frontline managers, even your, even everyone else listening to be proactive coaches so you can help your organization. I like that answer. You know, I like that answer. Okay? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Okay. Number two, when you're helping people build their teams or when you're building a team, when you're interviewing someone to join a team, what do you have a go-to interview topic or question? And what is it you're looking for when you're, when you're in dealing with that? Yeah. So my go-to question is, can you walk me through a time that you face adversity and how you over, how you overcame it? What are you looking for when you, when you ask that? A lot of different things. One is storytelling. Ah. Are there storytelling skills on point? That's big with selling. Right. So two is they're going to get punched in the face in sales. So how are they able to navigate that adversity? And then what things did they do? Did they reach out for help? Did they go read a book? Like, how did they do it? I'm, I'm very curious on that. Three is, are they going to make something up on the fly to a, that is going to appease me to get them hired? So I'm trying to see, are they going to tell me a real story? Because then I got to figure out, is this rep going to lie to our prospects? <laughs> so I also am navigating that as well. Good. I like it, Morgan. Yeah. Last one. You've already told me a couple. I'll be interested in what you, how you answer this one. We found that leaders are readers and that great leaders don't ever say, I've got it all done. They never stop their learning journey. And I don't care if it's a book you're reading or it's an audible yeah. you're listening to, or if you want to do it in bite-sized chunks with blogs or podcasts, is there anything you would recommend to our listeners that if they want to, ex you know, accelerate their leadership journey? So, one thing that I will mention that I really like in terms of a book is the five levels of leadership by John C. Maxwell. Love I it. learned, I learned all my leadership skills, techniques, mindset from John C. Maxwell. So really I'm just going to blanket read John C. Maxwell. He's the best person on leadership by far. It's not even close. Not even close. Not it's even not, close. It's not even close. Like it really yeah. isn't. So everything John C. Maxwell, but the five levels of leadership will help you determine where you're at as a leader and where you need to go next. So that's one. Yeah. I love that. So I, I funny I, on my Patreon page, uh, my community, I, I just said to everyone, I gave a summary of five levels of leadership, yeah. told them to read that one today. So I'm with you, bro. Absolutely. And then another one, it's, it's, it's right here in front of me, the seven secrets of successful coaches. So I got that the other day and it's been really good so far. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking Who's at it by? It. It's by Jeff Jansen. Okay. Jeff well, Jansen. I'm reading it right now. So yeah, they got C coach K in here, 
They got Pat Summit, right? They got some really strong nice. people in here. So that obviously is helpful as well. And then one thing I'll add to this is Captivate <clears throat> by Vanessa Van Edwards. And the reason that that's important you is that, yeah. you're able to read people's emotions. You're able to see their facial expressions and you're able to communicate with people in a different way. So those are the three that I recommend from a leadership standpoint perspective. Morgan, this was amazing. We ran out of time. Yep. We did pretty good. I knew we'd go long, but we haven't gone as long as, as we absolutely could have. This is the dude that was video before a video was cool. This is the dude that is helping the best sales orgs in the world play offense without being offensive. Yep. He gave us some killer tips on not just how to handle the sales side of what we do, but to handle the personal and the structural and the racial side of what we do. And Morgan, the things you gave us are gold. They are fire. They're nuggets. So how do people get more of you? You know, if, you know, if they want to continue the conversation, I'm going to tell everyone, Morgan is a guy you need to follow. He is a guy that will answer your questions if you reach out. How, how do they do that, Morgan? How do they get more of you? Easy. So LinkedIn, Morgan J. Ingram, super simple to find. I'm also on Twitter as well. And then if you have any obvious questions about our organization, jbrows.com too. But yeah, that's where to find me on LinkedIn. Hit me up. And you guys just released some pretty killer stuff on jbarrels.com. Yeah, we got, we got a new OTT <laughs> platform. It's, it's pretty cool. So I'm excited about the stuff that we're doing over here. Okay. Morgan, appreciate our friendship. I, I appreciate what you're doing for the sales community. Congrats on your success. You'll keep reinventing along the way and, and dragging the rest of us along with you, man. You're yeah. a coattail that's worth riding. Uh, Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Okay. And like I said to everyone, brother, happy selling. Hey everyone, welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first I want to thank those of you that have joined my Patreon community, Sales Leadership United. It has been amazing, mind-blowing, like humbling to see this community grow so quickly. I get tons of requests from sales leaders and salespeople around the world asking me to take them deeper. They want more details. They want to get real about how you know this leadership journey. And places like LinkedIn are awesome, but they're also cluttered, noisy, and really limited in how you can create impact. So I created Sales Leadership United to provide a community of sales leaders committed to becoming legendary, iconic leaders of those they lead. So if you haven't given Sales Leadership United a look, and if you've enjoyed this podcast or any of my other content, please do me a solid and check out uh, Sales Leadership United today. I have much of the best content I've ever created organized in a way where you can simply search by topic to gain access to what I've seen work around the world. In addition, I have exclusive content available only to members of Sales Leadership United. Modern insights, frameworks, live trainings, coaching structures, and, and made-for-you sales meetings. You know, one of my favorite things to share is use this with your sales team today. They're all tools that are out there for you right now. So if you have ever, and I mean ever, liked anything I've shared on the podcast, please check out Sales Leadership United at at www.patreon.com forward slash sales leadership united. All right, back to the show. I have needed to get Morgan on this show for a long time. He's a great friend. He's amazing at what he does. But I am so glad that this was the week Morgan was with us. This episode is an important one for so many reasons. First and foremost, if you aren't already following Morgan, connect with him right now. Seriously, go connect with him right now. Tell him that I sent you. Hit him up with a question. I promise you he'll respond. 
I like one of the very first things he said. It set a tone for and a, really a framework for the whole rest of the conversation. When Morgan said, be an action leader, not a thought leader. I love that because that's no BS. That's exactly how he works. You know, we're in a time right now where your team needs to be led by action. Not by thinking, not by strategizing, but doing. And when I say this, I don't mean that we just wing it. And I don't mean that planning is overrated. What I mean, though, is doing is what creates confidence. Doing is what helps you figure things out. And right now, you need to make sure you're demonstrating, not talking about, but demonstrating a well-lit pathway to success for your reps. So here's what I got in bold and underline and bigger font, right? Are you, so I want you to think about this right now. Are you an action-oriented leader or are you a talker? Right now, talk is cheap and action is everything. So I think that attitude that Morgan shared, it really underscores everything that we talked about. And it really gives you insight to why he's been so successful and why I feel like we were so lucky to have him on the show. Action. Action-based leadership. Not arm's-length leadership. And trust me, I am seeing some organizations that are relying on arm's-length leadership. And right now is not the time for that. Right now is a time for sales teams to evolve. Jim Dickey is a good friend, and if you don't follow him, you need to. He once made a statement to me where he said, In revolutions, people die. But in evolutions, people survive and thrive. And there will be people right now that are treating what we're going through right now as a revolution. There will be people holding tight on how things used to be. They're talking about how much they want to uh, make things go back to the way it was. I had a, a rep today reach out and tell me, well, I used to make this much per month in my commission check, X thousand per month in my commission check, and now it's X hundred per month. What do I do? Which company should I switch to? It was really interesting to, to watch that perspective of time to run for the hills. You know, this was a revolution person that wanted to fight or duck down and wait, hoping things go back. But I'm telling you, the next generation of winners and the leaders that help them get there, they will choose to evolve. They will choose to adapt. They will create new skills. They will implement new things. Success, and here's what's so great about this, okay? Successful evolution, that results in a new superior species. So if you're going to be a great leader, right now is the time to, to focus on evolution because you can help create a new superior type of salesperson. And the only way this is going to happen is if you help facilitate this evolution. So let's look for ways to be that leader that helps the team grow, that helps the team adapt, and helps the team become relevant and successful. Listen, you know, I know we talked a lot about video, and Morgan has a blueprint that you have to consider, right? But, but video has become table stakes. Morgan told us he started using it four years ago. And so I want you to look at video and any other medium of sales as something you just have to decide if you're going to get good at. It's something that you need to help your reps get good at, just like you had to get good at writing emails, just like you had to get good at using the phone. Uh, this isn't novel anymore. It's just required. And so as a result, if you're going to be one of these evolutionary sales leaders, you've got to make sure your team uses it powerfully. So Morgan gave us tons on video. Go back and deconstruct it. You know, Think it through. Share it with your team. Figure out how you can use it in all five ways. I'm telling you, all five ways, that's straight gold. It's straight fire. I can't summarize it better than Morgan said it, so I'm not going to try. But what I do think you should do is make it an assignment for your team to listen to and then discuss this episode of the podcast in your next sales meeting. But if you get one thing from this episode and only one thing, I think it needs to be that you should be a leader of action and not words. Finally, please consider Morgan's insights on the current challenge around racial justice and equality right now. I loved his straight talk. I loved his advice 
on, on ways to look at and address the issue because it's a real issue. And it's one that as a leader you need to have a plan around. So I appreciate Morgan's insight and his perspective. This is a challenge that will affect members of your team. And if you're going to be a leader of action, you're going to want to make sure that you act appropriately. So Morgan, my man, thanks for joining us. Morgan is absolutely a must follow in our business. I encourage you to give him a look. Connect with Morgan and reach out to him if you have questions about this important sales medium or anything else that is prospecting related. You'll be glad you did. This was one of those episodes that was so timely and so important, I really hope you got as much out of it as I did because I'm a better leader as a result of this conversation with Morgan. So thanks to each of you, our listeners as well. I really appreciate your feedback. I appreciate you mentioning us on LinkedIn. I appreciate your five-star reviews on iTunes. If you feel like we deserve them, keep them coming. Thanks to each of you that have reached out to discuss your one-on-ones as well. My offer still stands, and I will hop on a Zoom call with any of you to discuss your approach with the one-on-one. Listen, I've had a breakthrough in the one-on-ones just in the last two weeks in how I treat the sequence and the cadences around coaching with the same type of discipline and specialization as you have been doing around your salespeople's engagement with prospects. And if you don't have that kind of a specialized approach, hit me up. I'll share it with you. You'll be amazed at what kind of an impact that it makes with your reps. So if you want to have that conversation on making your one-on-one even more impactful, please, please, please reach out to me today. The one-on-one's more important than it's ever been, and I offer you this with no strings attached. I just want to help as many leaders as possible move from crappy one-on-ones to meaningful one-on-ones. So hit me up at rob at xvoyant.com. So here's to finding more ways to evolve your outreach to include video this week. Help your team become great at video. Find ways to make sure you're developing proficiency and professionalism on the camera. And as you do, you'll create powerful connections without ever leaving your desk. I want to thank you for listening. And as always, don't worry. Just execute because we got you. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exvoyant, the modern sales leadership platform for salesforce.com users. You can visit Exvoyant at exvoyant.com.